California Darling Rate headed to Woodstock to cut her second LP, only to face near-monsoon weather. My house had sand and salamanders, Rate said. She took refuge in the studio and turned out gorgeous folksy blues, including a cover of Jackson Brown's Under the Falling Sky, from Rolling Stone Magazine's Top 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. You're listening to Chasing Rolling Stones, and this is episode number five, featuring Give It Up by Bonnie Raitt. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number five of Chasing Rolling Stones. Can you believe it? Five episodes in, a small milestone, but yet one that uh, I am certainly impressed with. I'm your host, Kyle, coming to you from beautiful Glendale, California, at the base of the Sand Gabes, and I really must say, as always, it is a beautiful day. It's one of those days where you're walking around, and it's warm, the weather's warm, but you get these small bursts of cool breezes that hit your face when you're walking around, and it's just absolutely perfect. Thank you for joining me, as always, as we open up the rock and roll vault and discover another gem of a record from Rolling Stone Magazine's Top 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list. Now, last week, we headed across the pond to Manchester, England, to listen to one of the most amazing debut albums of all time, and in this week's show we're going to tip our toes in the water of country music with some Bonnie Raitt. And that's right, I said tip our toes, as you will soon discover. Give It Up, our album focus of this week, kind of straddles the line of multiple genres. We have country, we have blues, jazz, and even some California folk rock from the 1970s. But before we get into the main part of our show, a few segments are in order. Clue time, everyone. That's right. Clue time for all of you cryptologists out there. Uh, We always have our message of the week from the previous show, uh, just to give you a little tease to see what we'll be talking about the following week. So did anyone crack this week's message? We had introducing a strong-willed redhead, breaking our hearts as she tells us it's time to move on. And I think it's safe to say that Bonnie Raitt, through her time in the music industry, has developed an unparalleled discography but also has shown herself to be time and again a strong and opinionated voice for women artists. And, as the title of this album hits hard at, it really is time to move on and give it up. Now, moving on to our recommendation of the week. For episode 5, we're going to focus on something that will be a wonderful complimentary to this show. And that is the RS500.com. The RS500.com is a blog that attempts to conquer the same goal that we here at Chasing Rolling Stone have, and that's the complete listening and understanding of Rolling Stone Magazine's Top 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list. And I must say, of course, I'm not the only one trying to accomplish this. I'm sure you can find this out on your own if you go online, search for any one of these albums that we've covered with the appropriate ranking number, and you're going to find a host of blogs, web presses, all of which... You know, individuals are giving their opinions and thoughts on the albums, of which are great, and, and I love being a part of this very small community, all of us trying to accomplish something unique and personal and our own kind of journey. Uh, but what places the RS500.com apart from everyone else is the manner in which they have entered this game. Essentially, the website uh, and blog is using the 500 Rolling Stone list as a backdrop for some truly unique and creative writing. 
Each album, from 500 to eventually number one, has a piece of writing inspired by or in direct conversation with the music at hand. So through flash essays and fiction, uh, the website attempts, and I'll say this is in their own words on their about section of the website, they say, we aim to take up the banner of what Carl Wilson in his invaluable Let's Talk About Love, A Journey to the End of Taste, calls pluralistic criticism. That which asks, here is my story, what is yours? So it's a unique way of really talking about this 500 list. And I personally am taken aback by this collection of contributors the website has curated to craft these takes. Uh, There are so many different uh, personalities and individuals that have their own unique writing style and professional background in arts and literature. And even as you're reading each one of these essays, you get some original artwork as well related to the albums and the stories featured, sometimes even the artists themselves. So it really is a unique counterpoint to what you listen to each week here on Chasing Rolling Stones. And again, our recommendation for this week is thers500.com. All right, episode five, like I said, can't even believe it, but uh, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Play that music station. To place Bonnie Raitt and her musical stylings into one genre would be a major disservice. Over the course of her nearly 50-year career, Raitt is notable, in particular because she was a first-rate blues guitarist and singer who managed to combine folk, rural blues, jazz, and R&B in a unique way. She is frequently mentioned as a groundbreaking female bottleneck blues guitarist because few women were playing in that style at the time. Since 1971, she has released 17 albums, three of which have been nominated by the Grammys for Album of the Year, and one which won it. During the 70s alone, she had one of the most amazing creative runs during that period, cranking out seven individual LPs, starting with her self-titled debut in 1971 and continuing in 72, 73, 74, 75, 77, and 79. I I mean, reading that uh, stat line is almost like taking a look at Jordan, LeBron's, and their peaks, a truly incredible artist uh, working at such a high, incredible level. Well, today's episode of Chasing Rolling Stone focuses on Give It Up, Rate's second album released in 72 during this amazing streak of hers. 1972 finds Rate, who by the way is only 23 at the time she records this, attempting to build upon her first solo effort, which consisted primarily of cover songs with a few blues edges. To add a new flair to her recording style, Rate travels to Woodstock, New York, home of that amazing festival we all know well, to work with a mix of backing musicians who were considered some of the best in the biz at that time. And to be honest, uh, a show like mine should be devoted to the talents and contributions of many of these individuals. You have Mark Jordan and John Payne, who had worked previously with Van Morrison, TJ Tyndall, an electric guitarist who played with the Chamber Brothers, and most memorably for me, and I'm sure you once you hear this name, found in the liner notes is Freebo. That's it. His name is just Freebo. Uh, renaissance man uh, of some sorts who on this album plays tuba, 12-string rhythm guitar, and Fender fretless bass. Uh, You should check out Freebo. He is a unique personality who has been in the rock and roll game for many a year and has kind of his own following as well. These are but a few of the studio musicians who helped Rate expand her range and produce a lightly funky blues groove that straddles itself somewhere between a New Orleans jazz house and the coastal folk of California. Although these individuals are present in the final product, it is Rate who comes out on top of the whole thing, her voice piercing the material, 
flipping existing notions of a woman's role in a man's world through her open sexuality and feminine approach to the lyrics. Similar to her previous self-titled debut, Give It Up is a collection of mostly covers, but with the added benefit of three originals from Rate herself. The covers, however, suit her voice and eclectic style, ranging from 1920s blues to later R&B and current singer-songwriter material. These are true covers in the sense that they are reimaginings of what the previous artist had already created. Rate does not imitate, she becomes the style, changing her vocal inflection and tone to suit the materials and various genres. Despite the mashup of various songwriters, each of the 10 tracks does have a consistent theme linking them all together. Over the course of the album, the songs all revolve around the question of what one does when they are involved in a failed or failing relationship. Do you cut all ties, or do you try to reconcile? One could also observe that these 10 songs pulled together into this collection, featured on Give It Up, provide a fairly complete snapshot of the whole 20th century American roots music up to the 1972 release. In what is today considered a rapid period of time, the album was released in September 1972, just two months after it had been recorded. Similar to her previous efforts, it received modest commercial success, peaking at number 128 on Billboard. However, also similarly, the critics adored her, praising her singing and eclectic sensibilities. The album opens up with a strong Mississippi Delta blues riff, leading into a full-on band backing of 1920s New Orleans jazz. The track, titled Give It Up or Let Me Go, provides the listener with an introduction to many of the artists they will hear throughout the length of the album. You have trumpets, tuba, clarinet, all featured with their own turns as the predominant instruments, and of course, Rate stealing the song, playing a chorus-length solo before the entire ensemble plays a minute-long fade-out, reminiscent of a New Orleans second-line parade. Nothing Seems to Matter is the second track, providing a stylistic change-up that would fit on any singer-songwriter's album of the 1970s. You think James Taylor or Carole King? However, unlike these contemporaries, Nothing Seems to Matter provides a stronger hand with folk and jazz influences. Rate's voice croons as a tenor sax wails in the background, and acoustic bass trends the song into much stronger jazz territory. I Know is next, and it's a cover of Barbara George's 1961 R&B hit. The song is distinguished by its first few seconds of what I think is either heavy laughter or heavy breathing. It's hard to tell, really. But it doesn't really matter once Rate gets started. This is non-stop fun, from the moment the piano chords kick things off. And actually, for me, this is the first song on the album where you really focus on the lyrics that set the tone for the entire album's theme of rocky relationships. I love the flair that Bonnie gives us with each stanza. She has a bite delivering the lyrics, and you find an upswing of attitude that gives you this impression that this woman, who's singing, doesn't have any more time to waste on this man. She gives the vice that it's time to go, girl, and once again, the studio musicians play their part in creating magic, with vibraphone, cornet, and piano all sharing the limelight. Another cover of a 60s R&B hit follows with If You Gotta Make a Fool of Somebody. The placement of the song keeps the listener on the roller coaster of ups and downs that is the cadence so far. We slow things down, we speed things up, we slow things down again. And in this one, we slow things down quite a bit. Rate belts out her emotions, but again, differentiating herself from other singer-songwriters of the 70s, the background of sax and electric bass ties the track to the album's overall jazz roots. Love Me Like a Man, track 5, is pure Americana roots music. This is your traditional 12-bar blues that takes Rate's vocals and backs them with a soul acoustic guitar, electric bass, and drums. 
If it's not for the crisp sound production, you could be forgiven for thinking this belonged on a Robert Johnson album, if you had the pops and the kind of fuzz in the background. Track 6, Too Long at the Fair, was written by Joel Zoss, and it's sung to perfection by Rate herself as the piano weaves in and out of the arrangement at just the right moments. The origins of how this song came to be on the album are truly fortuitous, as Zoss was performing it on the stage at a club that Bonnie's manager happened to be at, and he tapes it for Bonnie to hear. Well, the rest is history, as Bonnie belts out the beautiful lyrics, providing another moment of slow contemplation on the mix of styles featured throughout the album. Jackson Brown is the champion of track seven, Under the Falling Sky. However, compared to most of the other songs on Give It Up, this one, for me, seems to get a little lost and forgotten. I've listened to this album a few times, quite a few times actually, and I am still not surprised, but I just don't recognize it whenever it comes on as I listen. I forget about it. And so when it comes on again, I don't even remember that this was actually part of the album in the first place. Of course, the production quality is amazing, just like the whole album, and all the background musicians do their part to make it as best they can. But to me, again, it just doesn't possess that unique quality that resonates after a listen uh, and you think about the album a day later. Now, I absolutely love the unabashedly bluesy nature of You Got to Know How, which is the next track, with the piano and clarinet featuring prominently. I am placed back into my intro to jazz history class from my college days, listening to various ragtime and 1920s arrangements. Bonnie Raitt would fit in perfectly with the vaudeville class at that particular moment in time with this song, and I'm sure the audience would be rolling on the floor hearing many of the double entendre lyrics, such as, you can make me do what you want to do, but you gotta know how. Or, technique ain't tough if you care enough, you can learn how, I might drop a hint how to strike my flint if you learn to know how. Track 9 is a Bonnie original, You Told Me Baby, which provides an injection of rock to the album. Now compared to previous tracks, the lyrics deliver a much happier individual, focused on the prospect of an exciting new relationship. And the album ends with track 10, Love Has No Pride, which is a slow country ballad that could almost be confused with If You Don't Know Me By Now. It's a final showcase of Wraith's exceptional vocal talent, especially as you hit higher pitches she had not previously yet revealed on past tracks. Love Has No Pride is the final chapter that closes the book of Give It Up with a gradual and measured conclusion. It really has you begging for a final encore that you wish Wraith would just come back on, tear down the house with a raucous ending with a bonus track, but unfortunately it's not there. Give It Up only clocks in at about 36 minutes. It's a short but fun listening experience that I would highly recommend. So you may be wondering, what am I spinning? Well, thanks to Discogs and user JamesMurray34, I am the owner of a first press edition of Give It Up from 1972, which was produced by Warner Brother Records. Now, my cover of the album is a tad used, but with Bonnie Raitt and her personality, I think that is perfectly fitting, giving my copy the character it truly deserves. Now, Give It Up isn't the most eye-catching or creative of cover designs, certainly not from the previous ones we've covered on this show, especially to the latter ones that we'll get to that are so iconic. The front is what I would describe as Bonnie Raitt's senior photo from high school. It's just her, kind of in her country element, framed by block lavender coloring with cursive script of her name and album title in the top left and bottom right corners. The back cover isn't much better, it's similar, with an image of Rate 
casually crashing a wooden bench, cool in her demeanor with tracks and liner notes listed in bold white below. Now this actually is the first album on our list that contains a gatefold cover, and the design within is a perfect tribute to the individuals who created the album. You have a photo collage of the whole Woodstock crew and all their elements. Freebo featured on his tuba, the whole team on the mixing board, and some individual headshots, smoking cigarettes, and wailing on their saxophones. All the musicians are covered. The vinyl itself features actually one of my favorite elements of any pressing, especially the side A and side B. And that is when you get a Warner Brothers record, which has the label that they still use today. Um, now, if you haven't seen this yet, it's an illustrated image of palm trees lining a path that seems to extend forever. Uh, blue sky with clouds swirling above is setting the tone for a perfect Sunday afternoon listen to music. Even today, some of my favorite records still utilize this imagery. And when you pull that vinyl out of the sleeve, you begin the music experience before the music needle even drops. Well, there you have it. That concludes episode five, Give It Up. A short episode this week, but still, don't let that discourage you from giving this record a spin. I want to thank everyone for listening to Chasing Rolling Stones. If you have a comment or suggestion, please feel free to email the show at chasingrollingstones at gmail.com or visit the website at www.chasingrollingstones.com. Here you'll find my blog with a little more info on each of the albums featured in the episode. Photos, links, and sources will all be listed there as well. And don't forget, we're also on social. You can find the show at both Twitter and Instagram at the handle at chasing underscore RS. And now that we are five episodes deep, please feel free to give us a rating and review on the show's iTunes page. A little bit does go a long way, and I would be most appreciative. I want to send a big thank you to Blank and Kit for the theme song for the show, RSPN, as well as a thank you to Kevin Cloud and Arn Bang Husby for this week's backing music. As always, I'd like to thank my wonderful partner in crime, Leslie, for all of her support and encouragement in following my passions. And of course, a special thank you to Rolling Stone Magazine for inspiring the show. We'll see you next week as we take a closer look at number 495. For that episode, we'll go shopping for some unmentionables and kicks with a genre that's never afraid to speak its mind. Thanks, everyone. and Be excellent to each other.